It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Intelligence Squared. I'm producer Faye Adabita. For this bonus episode of the podcast, we're going to play you an instalment of our new series, The Saudi Project. If you enjoy the episode, you can get all five episodes of the podcast now by becoming an Intelligence Squared member. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get access to the full series and much more. In this episode, we're looking at sport and more specifically, football. It's looking very likely that Saudi Arabia will be host of the 2034 World Cup with the kingdom now running as the sole bidder. Intelligence Squared's Connor Boyle wanted to know more. This is an excerpt of The Saudi Project, Episode 3, Football Mad. You know what I think you're doing wrong? You're talking about all of this in your protest. This is what you're doing wrong, a protest. They say St James's Park is a place of worship. Newcastle United's home is dubbed the Cathedral on the Hill. It's a religion here. But today's game doesn't feature the Magpies, but the national team of Saudi Arabia. Ever since that country bought the club two years ago, football has become much more political. Shouldn't be protesting. We're all here to enjoy the Saudis playing. Welcome to the Saudi Project with me, Connor Boyle, a series from Intelligence Squared exploring Saudi Arabia's pursuit of global power. One of the most visible and controversial areas of Saudi Arabia's ambitious goals for global reach is in sport. So in part three, I wanted to speak to James Montague the journalist and author whose work focuses on the intersection of politics and sport. He's reported from over 80 countries and written books, including The Billionaires Club, The Unstoppable Rise of Football's Super-Rich Owners, and When Friday Comes, Football War and Revolution in the Middle East. I started off by asking him to describe, in his view, what is Saudi Arabia's relationship with sport? Well, one, it never used to have a relationship with sport. Certainly not with football. Um, this quite a modern thing. I mean, Saudi Arabia is a fairly modern state, but until really the late 1970s, it didn't really have a football league. It didn't really have uh, a national team that could really even get anywhere close to qualifying for any national tournaments. And it's quite an interesting kind of character to be involved in this story because now we we talk about Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince. We talk about fabulous wealth being thrown around. You talk about Saudi Arabia buying essentially um, Newcastle United, uh, it, the intersection between kind of, you know, politics at the highest level in sport. And, you know, a figure that's very much at the beginning of this is Jimmy Hill. Uh, very exciting. Uh, it's, I think it's that part of it really that appeals to me that there is a, a clean sheet and on it you write the future history of a country's soccer. I think it's that, that opportunity that I find very exciting. You know, Jimmy Hill gets hired in the late 70s to essentially, you know, build Saudi football. And he goes over there, you know, given a huge amount of cash. 
and essentially builds what what is today you know the Saudi Premier League. Like he builds he builds it. The, uh, sorry, the the Saudi Professional League. So he, he goes there and builds it. And he, you know when you speak to older Saudi football fans, people within the Saudi football's kind of sporting makeup, he's kind of revered as the guy who could have you know he he laid the ground groundwork and brought in kind of modern coaching methods and they wouldn't have qualified or certainly the people I've spoken to they wouldn't have qualified for their first ever world cup in in 1994 in the US uh which was the my first introduction to Saudi football when England didn't qualify um and you know you're looking for underdog teams to 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 look for no one knew anything about Saudi Arabia they qualified for the first time and then Saeed Al-Arian, a, t- a pl- player who no one had heard of, scores probably the greatest goal in, in World Cup history up there with Maradona's against England in, in 86. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting that this, this much maligned figure in England, you know, has a kind of important part to play at the beginning of that story. So yeah, you know, it went from zero to, you know, 80 very quickly. And when you look at Saudi Arabian football over the past kind of 20, 30 years, um, and what's interesting, especially with Middle East and what people talk about Middle East and football, especially around Qatar and the UAE, is they often say, oh, there's no football culture or there's no, you know, there, there aren't 80,000 people turning up for these matches. And with Saudi Arabia, there very much is. I mean, you've got, you know, the, probably the biggest uh, Al-Hilal Itihad, the, the Riyadh uh, Jeddah derby has for years been one of the biggest games in Asia, one of the biggest games in the world. Um, and it's so it has a, a deep football culture, but of course, it's gone to the next level because of the amount of money and investment that's gone into it over the past really in the past two three years. Lots of countries love football. I know you've done work in places like Egypt and Turkey, but they don't all invest billions upon billions into the game. Other than the love which is in Saudi Arabia for football, what do you think is driving? the Saudi Arabian regime to go a hundred miles an hour into sport as a, as a place to invest in. Yeah. I mean, one Egypt doesn't have the money to make that kind of investment in football. Saudi Arabia does. It's one of the richest countries in the world. If not the richest, we're not even sure how rich the Al Saad dynasty really is. I mean, we don't, we don't know trillionaires, multiple trillionaires, you know, and they're getting richer. So they have the means. The reason why this is happening now, I think, and we a lot of people talk about Mohammed bin Salman coming in and being a very malign influence, especially around Jamal Khashoggi, um, the restriction on uh, kind of political rights in Saudi Arabia. Um, when you look at, you know, the jailing of activists, the use of um, arrests and social media, the number of executions. But in terms of, there's also a parallel to that is a kind of cultural revolution that's been taking place ever since he became kind of deputy crown prince in 2015 which is, on the one hand, increased control, but on the other hand, realizing that there is a, there's a young population that needs to be moved away from dependency on, on oil and an oil economy, a diversification. And for that to happen, there has to be a kind of cultural opening for young people. So it's not just been sport, it's been everything from like, I mean, had the, I, I first visited in 2008 and the idea that you would have cinemas that would return to Saudi Arabia would be incredible, that women would be uncovered, that they would wear, that they would drive cars, that they would be able to go, there'd be concerts taking place, music, live music. Um, you know, no, no one would be able to see that coming. And this has been something that is, every time you think about what's going on in Saudi Arabia, there is an international element, of course, about how the country positions itself and also a rebranding 
effort that's needed because Mohammed bin Salman in particular was probably, you know, probably after the, the, the Khashoggi murder was the most tainted brand in the world. But for a domestic audience, uh, investment in sport is an entertainment option and something for young people as a kind of a quid pro quo for all the other, let's say, uh, political restrictions that are going on. A cultural opening, you know, coupled with more control over, you know, the levers of power. And so that's the prism I think we should we should look at these sporting investments. And that's a really good example of how sport is changing Saudi and that it's it's kind of opening it up, at least culturally, it's giving people more on entertainment options. But how do you think Saudi money is going to change sport? I mean, it feels like, you know, we've got F1, golf, football. It seems there's an insatiable, yeah. it's every sport well, that seems it, to be it, going it Fundamentally, it's going to change, uh, you know, at the moment it changes the economics of every sport. So there's more money, there's more, and when you have more money, whoever's, you know, paying the pipe and plays the tune, they have the money and they can ask for whatever it is they want, they can have Riyadh season, they can have the uh, Nganu, uh tyson fight, uh, Tyson-Fury fight, and the uh, Usk fight that's coming up uh, in uh, next year. They, it, they, they, they can demand where that takes place. But I think more fundamentally, once you have um, captured an industry, and money does that very quickly in sport, especially in football, then you start to change the rules and you can start to change the situation to benefit you um, you know, in a more, you know, in a more effective way. One of the one of the most interesting things actually was one of the first uh, attempts to kind of ingratiate themselves into or to, to really place themselves at the centre of the sport was a very um, often forgotten incident from a few years ago where uh, Gianni Infantino, you know, went to his FIFA council. I think it was in two thousand and seventeen. And basically, newly Thanks for listening to The Saudi Project. If you want to hear the whole of that episode, number three, Football Mad, you can get access to the full series now by supporting our work and becoming a member of Intelligence Squared for just $4.99 on Apple Podcasts or by visiting intelligencesquared.com slash membership. Thanks again for all your support.